Hello, and welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. The first 78 episodes of Fortune's Wheelhouse offer a card-by-card breakdown of occult correspondences and symbolism in the tarot. If you're a new listener, you may want to start there. In this season, we've been leveling up and examining each correspondence system on its own. First, we looked at the seven traditional planets in tarot, and then at the numbers one through ten in tarot, and we're not done yet. Remember, if you're diving in at random and one of us says something utterly opaque, we have lots of resources on our website to help with some of the more obscure esoteric doctrines that we deal in. That website is www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. There are also a couple of other places where you can check in with us online. You can visit Mel at tabulamundi.com and you can visit me at tsusanchang.com. You can also join over 650 smart, nice, and most importantly, like-minded friends at the Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy group on Facebook. As you know, each episode we have a giveaway. Last week, our prize was a Fortune's Wheelhouse zip pouch, and our winner was Matthew from Brooklyn. Congratulations, Matthew. If you would like a zip pouch, or an Arcana case, or a spread cloth of your own, you can order one at my website, www.etsy.com shop slash tarotista. When times are troubling, as they have been lately, tarot readers often look particularly to the Major Arcana for guidance. So for this week's giveaway, Mel will be offering one of her beautiful Majors-only decks to our winner. And of course, they are also available at her site, www.tarotcart.com. Now, a word about the episode which follows. It's a continuation of the readings episode that we started in the last show. We put out the call for questions back in mid-May, and this was before the many heartbreaking events that have unfolded around the world concerning social and racial injustice in the wake of George Floyd's death. A month ago, it really seemed like kind of an easier time to think through individual human-sized problems. But we still hope that these readings bring some clarity to the questions as they were originally asked, even while recognizing that right now is a time when many of us are feeling anger and hurt. Here at Fortune's Wheelhouse, we believe that tarot is a tool for finding the next best thing you can do in even difficult circumstances. And no matter where you find yourself right now, we hope that the cards will help you find your own next best step towards peace, towards healing, and towards the writing of the balances. And now, here's this week's episode. We are back with part two of the Divinations episode. We did 11 readings in the last part, and that was the first half. And if you didn't hear yours, chances are you're going to get it in this part. We, As we did before, we will be identifying the querent by initials only and reading the exact questions. So refer back to your question that you submitted to find out if this was you. There will also be a post on Patreon that will show the questions and answers anonymously if anyone in the community would like to pitch in on interpretations. Like in the last episode, we invite people to share feedback either with us privately or ask us to post it if you want to remain anonymous. Or, of course, if you feel fine with it, you can post your feedback on the uh, post. Okie doke. 
So, whose turn is it to... Um, it's my turn to read the question. Okay, this is for first initial D. We did not get a last name. First initial D. What do I need to know about my career over the summer months? Yeah, good question. I should do a reading for that. <laughs> this one will do. Ooh, Queen of Cups. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, Queen I know. Of Cups trend. Yeah, this is funny. Let's see, heading into Cancy season, too. Water of water. Water of water. I wonder if this person would benefit from being around water. Right. For thinking about their career or or maybe even in the practice of their career. Yeah, water of water. I mean, you could look at that as a literal thing, like you said, about being mm -hmm. around water somehow. But also water's ability to morph and take whatever form that it's presented with, that quality of kind of shape-shifting and reflection. And there's something very personal about the card too, like interacting with others, I think. Yes. Whether definitely. it be virtual or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's something here about definitely being in the intuitive realm and trusting your feelings and empathizing with others. So I wonder if there's something about counseling in here, because she often has that role, the ability to feel other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. And to reflect yep. them like the moon. Right, definitely. There's definitely that quality to respond to others and, and kind of mirror them. There's also this nurturing quality to her because of her decans. So she's got that right. two of cups, three mm -hmm. of cups, but then she's got the ten of swords as her shadow decan as well. Yeah, there's the, the sort of like understanding that comes from previous pain um, and interestingly enough aren't those the cards of the summer months it is that i was just Ten thinking swords, that i was thinking about that exactly those are the summer months right there well it's because or summer weeks summer several summer weeks right i mean yeah. they literally said over the summer months so it seems especially pointed you know right uh, like tarot saying yeah yeah, you know, this yeah, summer. Yeah, from solstice on, it's going to be this. <laughs> yeah, so that that's from basically June, June like 10th, 11th to July, mid-July. Yeah, end of June to, you know, middle of July is the specific Deccan time. Yeah, and I, I would kind of expect this person to have maybe settled the question by the end of that period or have a clear sense of what they're doing and where they're going. As we said before, I think in the last episode, when we were talking about cancer, there, there definitely is that cardinal energy about it, the ability to begin something, to take on something new. Uh, I think it looks quite good. The other thing to remember is that as a court card, this is the one of 16 facets of your personality, which might be particularly important for you to focus on right now. So whatever the Queen of Cups means to you in that context might be something to pay attention to in terms of a role uh, or a facet of your whole persona. Right. Yeah, it could be something like developing relationships with people and an emotional connection, or it could be more of the divinatory quality of it. The, yeah. the the sensing of the sensing of what's going on on a on a feeling realm and whether or not it involves other people it does involve that that realm of feelings for sure yeah there's something definitely being an emotional healer at some level with that card 
Yeah, I think so. All right. So the next question is from D.H., and the question is, what hidden talent or skill should I tap into during this time to inspire more creativity into my life? So what oh, nice. Hidden, yeah, nice what hidden question. talent or skill? Yeah, people should ask more often what their hidden talents and skills are because everybody has them. Mm. Ha! You're never going to guess what I got. The Empress. Uh... <laughs> wow. Nice. Is that our first major? I think that's our first major. Yeah, isn't I think it, it yeah. I think it is. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, I guess I guess more creativity is definitely coming in. I would go ahead and like put a picture of the empress up uh, in your room. So hidden this. talent or skill. Yeah. So what is the hidden talent or skill of Venus to create beauty? Mm. To see beauty and create beauty, to be, you know, to bring to bring people in touch with what is beautiful. What is desired? And you know what really um, sort of hits me about the phrasing of the question and the image on the card? What hidden talent or skill? I'm looking behind the door, <laughs> you know, Empress mm. Dalit door. And behind the door in your card is this naked heart. Full of honeycomb. Honey. Yes, yes. And, you know, the secret, maybe the secret is the heart. Maybe the secret is the honey, the secret sweetness, you know, that they might not have felt ready to share before. Mm. What hidden talent should I tap into, tap into the honeycomb <laughs> to inspire more creativity into my life? So maybe there is a a turn towards something sweet, a turn towards the the collected sweetness that may have accumulated over the years, which you haven't allowed yourself to enjoy in some way. There's also that connection with the empress and and the maternal aspect i mean your your creations are your children but you could mm -hmm. also look at that literally i don't i don't know if this person has any skill with you know working with with kids creatively mm -hmm. for sure and you know one thing that the bees make me think of and i know that you have put bees into this card for very real reasons it makes me think of the idea that there's a lot of industry that you can harvest <laughs> you know mm -hmm. that Things that you've been working on your whole life that oh, are ready to gathering. be shared. A yeah. hidden talent, the bees, the bees' talent is gathering, gathering mm -hmm. literally sweetness and sustenance all around and bringing it to one place and transforming mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So yeah, maybe this person's skill is to gather these things together and assemble them somehow. Right, right, right. To take raw materials and turn them into, figuratively, into honey. Mm. Mm. Very powerful. All right. Uh, next person's initials, we have three, N-I-V. Their question, I recently lost my friend, whom I consider a mentor of sorts. I admire her guts, especially when it concerns writing. My question, how to best process her death, or how can I best mourn? Oh, that's oh, a hard one. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's tough. Uh, let's see what we can find out here. It's a it's a really beautifully phrased question, though, I think. How can I best mourn? Mm, even the cards feel heavy. Okay. All right. Ooh. Um, five of discs. That down wow. here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So five of discs, of course, always sort of immediately brings up the question of financial difficulty. 
or or worry about it. And so, you know, and it's Mercury in Taurus. I don't know whether this happened. This probably happened Thinking in the Taurus Thinking about season. resources. Thinking about resources. And this seems to point very much towards material support. You know, uh, how can I best mourn in a material way in terms of helping? Rather, and I think there's also sort of a, you know, it is the Lord of worry. So this, to me, reflects your worry for them at some level. And also, mm -hmm. it could be, you know, allowing yourself, you know, if you think about the Rider Waite Smith image on this card, you, you might feel a little uh, that the loss, you know, yes. just allow yourself to feel that it's a definite loss and you don't have the resource of this person anymore. Exactly. And that's real and deserves to be sat with, you know, and to, and to move through that process. To me, one of the phrases, key phrases I associated with the five of discs or pentacles is sacred doubt. And that is an aspect of losing someone, the period where you kind of don't know who you are, kind of lose a little bit of your own sense of self and losing the person if you were very close to them. That's natural, a natural part of the grieving process. I think that the card kind of reflects that while also pointing towards doing material things to help. Um, tangible things. Tangible yeah. things in whatever way possible, dealing with numbers, dealing with resources. But not to let it get too out of control with worry about right. it if it if, if it starts to spiral into repetitive or obsessive mm -hmm. thoughts to be willing to to turn that off and, and let it go and you know what's also important about this decan is that it's that first decan of taurus when we here in the northern hemisphere are planting things so whatever mm. you know whatever you have the courage to do now in terms of helping will grow it's the, the it's the also Mars because it's a five, so it's kind of like the plow in the soil. Right. Getting right. the soil prepared for new growth. It seems destructive, and yet it yields fruit down mm -hmm. the road. Something born out of worry turns into something productive and fruitful. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the next one is, the initials are C.S., how do I become more successful with my music? That's a lively one. Yes. <laughs> Queen of Cups again. Oh, wow. 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 You know, in, in terms of this question, it seems to be saying to inject more emotion into it mm. and connect, connect with emotion and, and allow your music to bring emotion out of others. Yeah, there's definitely that heart connection, the willingness to sort of like lay it all bare, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, she's the little empress, yeah, or the little priestess, depending on how you look at it. You know, it's, it's a feminine a, quality, though. It really is. There's something about taking emotional risks, and something that's not so much about the words, but the feeling that you put into the music. I think because mm. there's something about her that's not necessarily at a verbal level, if you know what I mean. There's sort of like mm -hmm. a a sort of a immediacy, a felt understanding. It's water of water. So dually water, it's like pure emotion, unmodified emotion and being in touch with that. Yeah. If I had the person in front of me, I would ask them if the reflection in the water means anything to that mirroring effect. Because, you know, in mm. music, there sometimes the idea of 
you know, listening back to yourself or, you know, recording equipment in general can have these sort of mirror qualities that I'd be curious yeah, to know. I think I called this card once. Is it live or is it Memorex? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it great. does have a decan of Gemini in there along with it the does. two main cancer decans. I think just sort of in aggregate, because over the two sessions of readings we've done, there's been such an emphasis on cancer, uh, both as this chord card and the Deccan cards as well, that it makes me think that for those particular readings, maybe the time to act is now. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. Or like cancer period coming right up. Make the most of the summer. I'm reading the next one. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the initials are PVW. What success can I expect from my current venture into podcasting? I have started two podcasts, one in the realm of spiritual topics and one in the realm of healthcare from nurse and healthcare worker perspective. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Welcome to the world of podcasting. <laughs> do you think that, I wonder, should we do one card for each of the podcasts? Would that make sense? Or should we try to get the answer out of one card? Hmm. Good question. I, you know, my natural instinct, if they were in front of me, would be to kind of look at each one separately. Because what if they have different outcomes? Yeah, you know? I suppose. Yeah, they can get a they'll get a bonus card in, in yeah. the spirit of Gemini season. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to divide the deck into two halves, and I'm going to call the left hand one the spiritual topics, and the right hand one the nurse and healthcare worker perspective the spiritual topics podcast i've got <laughs> the moon <laughs> and uh, oh you're not gonna believe this and the one in the realm of healthcare from nurse and healthcare workers uh perspective is the princess of discs wow <laughs> her again the it moon's seems like apt. the healthcare one might be more financially viable yes Yes, that's possible. However, the spiritual one is really important for them in, and looms large uh, in their psyche, I would say. In what You know what else is really interesting here? Mm -hmm. That the moon card, that's the sign of Pisces, the last sign, and the yeah. princess of discs is the last minor oh, card. Yeah. I wonder how possible it is to turn these two topics how to combine them somehow. Like, what if the person injected some spirituality into the healthcare one? Just, it was just a thought, you know, because of the mind and body connection, because, you know, the moon card is about the subconscious mind. And most people are at least somewhat aware, even if you're not too woo woo about it, that there mm -hmm. is a connection between the mind and the health of the body. Interesting. And both cards, I think, have something to do with sleep. Yes. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I think that so, in terms of what you would expect to happen with each podcast, I think you're right on with the idea that the nurse and healthcare one is going to be where there's going to be success and attention and likes kind of a thing. The Money, even. Yeah, the, the monetary measure perhaps will be and that that may even catch on and pay off later. The moon one seems like something that is important work for them to do for themselves, in a sense, mm. and that the point is not to make money from it, but to yeah. explore the unknown and to I like that. make peace with it in some way. So I think that, you know, as long as they don't get confused and, you know, be disappointed if 
the spiritual one doesn't end up being a money earner, that's not its role. So it's there for you to learn and to teach and to share. And I think it'll be incredibly and rewarding to in that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's good to do both, really. And I do think there might be some way to somehow integrate a little bit of mind and body integration into the healthcare one. Interesting. I'm imagining what if the figure head that you have on the moon card were the princess of discs? <laughs> you know, what if they were the same person? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So the next one is from TW. I'd love to know what I can keep in mind as I work on my tarot deck to make sure that it's the most useful deck that it can be for the people who end up using it. Good question. The chariot. Another cancer card. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. Seize the moment, everybody. <laughs> All right. Let me pull up my cancer guy here. All right. Make sure it's the most useful deck that it can be for the people who end up using it. I, I love the way that's phrased, and it makes me think of the chariot as the bearer of the grail. You know, it's really not being about themselves, but the mission that they carry. Yeah. You know, they're asking what they can keep in mind as mm. they work on it. Because this charioteer is the bearer of the grail, is to keep in mind that tarot is sacred mm. and holy. Yeah. Keep in mind that it's a precious, it's a precious thing and a spiritual thing and something to be preserved protected. and protected and not, yeah. not treated with any superficiality. The idea of protection comes both from Cancer, the armored crab, but also from Ket, the idea of the fence or enclosure, the Hebrew letter that's associated with the chariot. There's something in here, I think, about, well, certainly about moving forward on it right away, pressing ahead with it, putting a lot of energy into it. Yeah, keep moving. Keep Don't get stuck. Mm -hmm. Keep moving. I mean, that's important. I, I, I made several tarot decks, and it's definitely <laughs> a process that you have to persevere with so that you don't get stuck. Yeah. And also just the sort of, it's such a lunar card, right? So it's a, it's a, it's, it's an ability to ride the waves, an ability to, to be sensitive to both making it useful, both for good times and bad times, right? For positive and stricter messages. Yeah. Because it's cancer and it makes, you know, so keep in mind that it's a tool that allows people to connect emotionally with themselves and others. Mm -hmm. It's a tool for connection, you know, tapping into the emotional realm. You know, it's, a, it's definitely a watery card. Yeah, not something that, that I actually, you know, know and how that would apply. Sign. But I would also throw in just like sometimes the chariot is a car. <laughs> so I, I don't know what that means for you. But if there's a way that, you know, if you have a lot of long car drives you have to do and you want to think about it, I don't know. Uh, but sometimes I used to do that. Did you? When you oh, were I'm like serious. building decks? I spent a lot of time whenever I was in the car, I would just think, be thinking about the cards, thinking about thinking, and then until you get the, mm -hmm. the idea that arose from that process of uh, astral surfing. <laughs> yes, I think that's actually a really this interesting... This guy is literally astral surfing. Yeah, yeah. The idea that, you know, the work that you do on this deck is also your journey. It's not just a tool for other people, though that's an important part of it, but it, it completes a journey for you as well. Astral journey, physical journey, they're all tied together. Anyway, good luck with it. That's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I hope they post some pictures. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next one. All right, next. 
TK, since I'm about to move my primary residence from Toronto to the wilderness of Eastern Ontario, I would love to hear a message from the universe through the Tabula Mundi for what I should be most prepared to learn about the transition to living a new lifestyle in my new home in the woods after having had a totally urban lifestyle for the past 35 years. And then they suggest two <laughs> cards that they expect to get, but we won't say what they are in, unless yeah. we get one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be really funny. <laughs> uh, it's not one of them. <laughs> it's uh, okay. the Princess of Wands. That's exciting. Yeah. Burst of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Earthy part of fire here. So um, this is definitely an, a fresh start for this person. They need to Hear learn to message. make fire. <laughs> uh, you're right, yeah, in the wilderness. <laughs> well, you know, for me, this card, I mean, it, it's always a blazing burst of creativity about to enter your life. Mm. And when you move to a new place, I mean, that's often part of it is your, I mean, this is earth of fire. So it's, it's both the creativity of fire and earth, the, the home you live in. And often a process of moving into a new place is making it your own. And, mm -hmm. and you get to, it's almost like a blank canvas. You, you get to transform the place into something that, that works for you. That's true. And I think that there is, you know, it's interesting, the princess in general, any princess would be uh, a pretty interesting draw for moving to a new place where you're going to have to rely on yourself a lot because, you know, she is correlating to the throne, <laughs> you know, the seat of one's domicile. And so there's a there's a sort of like, I am responsible. It's, it's, it's my job to make life here. And there's something I think about discovering parts of themselves that they might not have been connected to before, you know, learning to go back to basics in some way, uh, learning how to do things that would have been provided as external services in the city are yeah, now things that you learn to do yourself. For sure. Like mm -hmm. maybe they'll be growing food or, you know, like, learning mm -hmm. to be a little more self-reliant than one is in an mm -hmm. urban environment. Yeah. And having to be a little bit of a learner as well, you know, in doing that, that's part of sometimes that goes with princesses and pages is being willing to begin and recognize you don't know everything, but you can learn. I think it's good. I think it's really a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's definitely a, definitely a, a new phase, a transition of that, that that's going to involve some creativity and and harnessing of will that's the other thing for mm -hmm. princesses you know her power this one's the power to will that's you know the the self-reliant fiery force of will that that causes you to move forth and uh yeah create. and there's there's something also about confronting necessity like you know when you don't live really close to an urban center a lot of the time and this is a great fear of mine i think about all the time but you know it's like if a problem comes up you have to solve it, you know, it's like, and that that will that lets you stand up and face the thing, I think is part of the princess of wands There's a courage to it. And it is sort of like, okay, I can't just call somebody to fix this for me, but I can do and it. And I myself. also wonder if now I, I have no idea if this person has a partner or what their orientation mm. is. But sometimes, literally, the Princess of Wands can be an exciting love interest. That's true. That's worth mentioning. It can be. Yeah. yeah There's definitely you know, a, passionate, a passionate kind of relationship. 
and a, and a sort of excitement about your body generally, I think, you know, it's sort of like, I, I found that to be the case sometimes when you do something or you work really hard in the garden or something, and there's that, that buzz you get all over your body. Mm. Um, to me, that's, that's, uh, that can be kind of. Princess yeah, it definitely, she's definitely feeling alive. Princess mm-hmm. of Wands. Feeling alive. That's it. So that's great. I think. Yeah, I think question. it's really good. Exciting. Exciting. Exactly. <laughs> so the message is that it's going to be exciting. Don't be afraid. All right. Next one is first initial C. We don't have a second initial. Like lots of folks at this time, I feel so much uncertainty. But with the nature of the work I pursue, which requires so much initiative and vision, this feels doubly so. How do I find clarity amidst it all? Good question. The emperor. Ooh, wow. So we've had the empress. Now we have the emperor. Yep. <laughs> Initiative, vision, structure, yeah. structure, authority. So. Interesting. He says his work requires initiative and vision because those are two things I do associate with this mm-hmm. card. Aries, you know, both initiative, the first sign of the zodiac, starting up things. Yep. And there's also, I think, some association association with vision. With mm-hmm. Absolutely. Aries. Yes, and you even have the eye right there on your card. Yeah, there's something about this that's really interesting to me because, yes, there is a lot of uncertainty. And I think being the emperor, becoming the emperor, has to do with recognizing that no matter what happens, the buck still stops here. You still have to be the one who finds to, a way to make it work. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that there's like a if certain amount of planning Empress and structure. As compared to this one, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's the hive, she's nature and the bees. And, and it's corralling these unknowns and working to provide a structure that'll work for them. Right. And I think structure is both defensive and offensive. I think the emperor both knows what to do when times are good to press ahead and also knows how to defend himself when times are scarier. And I think it's good to have a plan for both. One thing that I'm experiencing right now in my household is my my husband has been, um, with the, all the extra time, has been researching hedge funds and learning how to, Ugh. you know, <laughs> yeah, no, well, he he's learning not not he's a getting tourist, though, so. he's a tourist, yeah, I guess not hedge funds as hedging itself, so he's you know learning to to sell short and buy long. So anyway, so it's like, but the strategy there is to be prepared for whatever circumstance you have a way to profit, no matter whether circumstances are bad or circumstances are good. And to me, the emperor is willing to face the uncertainty and say, okay, maybe things are going to be uncertain. How under these circumstances can I flourish? What can I do? Don't wait for, you know, to see what happens and whether things get better. You know, yeah. Aries takes the initiative and and Aries is bold and, and, you know, goes forth in a pioneering sort of way. They're not afraid. Yeah. You're going to reach out and grab whatever it is that you need to have happen and and not wait for things to just happen to you. So you may also have more control over your circumstances than you think. There may be ways that you can embrace what is within your control and even expand it. Uh, And it's interesting, the, the, even when they use the question, how do I find clarity amidst it all? Uh, Clarity is a visual concept. (laughs) It's like, you know, there's an emphasis on what you can see. Similar, like mapping out, writing down the things that you that are uncertain and and mapping it out and creating Mm -hmm. a plan. 
Uh, and the last thing I'm going to throw in there, which may or may not be relevant, is the idea that there might be a mentor or father figure who could help. Maybe not. It could. I be. thought of that too. Yeah. Like a boss, maybe. Yeah. I could know, be the boss, the boss, or yeah, yeah. If he's not the boss, or if she's not the boss, if they're not the boss, then you know maybe they might get some structure from a a mentor figure. Mm-hmm. But leadership is definitely called for either way. Yes. And, you know, it's so fascinating how the cards seem to reflect the questions themselves, you know, the language of the question and the visual language of the cards seem to coincide. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? (laughs) It's really cool. Words are powerful, that's for sure. Uh, Next initials are LC, who says, I'm starting a new job in June and would love to know how I can be successful in this new role in industry. Okay, congratulations on the new job. Let's see what you, how you can be successful in this new role and new industry both. <laughs> okay, um, we got the Nine of Cups now. <laughs> really? Yes. That's great. Well, um, this looks good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think they're going to like their job. I think so, too. I think they're going to like it. And I think also there's an opportunity that may not last, uh, an opportunity to kind of pursue the dream, the thing that you most want to have happen in that job. It is the card of wishes. And uh, and yeah, the Lord of Happiness as well. Yeah, to go for it, really. Also, fortune is associated with it, which is, yeah, I mean, it's, Jupiter it's deck. doubly Jupiterian because it's ruler of the deck and then ruler of the sign of Pisces traditionally. So that looks really fortunate. Yeah, you got a really good gig here. I think you can trust that it is as good as it looks. Yeah, and just if you think about the card literally being the lord of happiness. Mm-hmm. So people like to be around happy people. Be mm-hmm. optimistic. Be, you know, be a person that people like to be around. Make spread the happiness. If you like if you like where you are and you like what you're doing, let it show. Yeah, and there's something expansive about it too. There's something in this card about taking this moment the moment of the nine is always kind of a magical moment and using it to grow because Jupiter is an expansive property. This is, as we said, doubly, doubly expansive because it's double Jupiter. And this is a moment which may not last. So uh, make the most of it while you can. Right. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, but yeah, that looks, looks great. I'd love to have that card for that question. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> and the last one is... First initial L, don't have the uh, last initial on this one. And it's a really good question to end on, I think. What is the most important thing I can do to stay centered in myself? Eight of Swords again. Okay, another Jupiter card. Yep, Gemini, double Gemini, well, double Mercury because it's an eight and it's a Gemini card. And then we have the expansion of Jupiter added to that mix. Yeah, this is interesting. I think the phrase stay centered in myself is really relevant for this card because mm-hmm. you're definitely not going anywhere else. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and it does call for a kind of an inward gaze, a meditative inward gaze to be able to find serenity within that inability to go anywhere else. I, I think maybe the Eight of Swords came up because we are all in, we are all we're, the yeah, Eight of Swords. Second, 
Yeah. I mean, yes, time-wise too, but also in in terms of just our lives can't really go anywhere. (laughs) Yes. And the other thing that's that's interesting about this is that Jupiter is in detriment in the sign of Gemini. So this is an acknowledgement that we don't have the freedom of Jupiter to do whatever we want, right? There's not that sense of agency that comes with rulership. There's a sort of like um, having to be subordinate to fate. But it's still Jupiter. Mm-hmm. But it's still so Jupiter. There is like, sometimes with this card, there's an element of, there's both the unlucky breaks and the lucky breaks. There's the unexpected twists of fate that you learn to mentally navigate. Yes. And because it's mercurial, there's something about engaging the mind in the right way to kind of calm yourself down. Now, I know I mentioned meditation before, but something that I was thinking about just before we went on air was that (laughs) we've been playing a lot of games around here uh, since quarantine started. And right before I got on the line with you, I was playing this game on my phone that was just like a it was a very Zen game. It was, you know, pictorial organization kind of game where you kind of match tiles and things, absolutely mindless. But it really, I found it incredibly calming and peaceful. And to me, that sort of like mercurial game playing, doing absolutely nothing, you know, that's nothing that's particularly valuable in that Eight of Swords way, being stuck in one place, waiting for my laptop to reboot. You know, there's there's a quality of like, well, here's something that I can do that calms me down. And it doesn't matter if it's not particularly productive. You know, I can just sit here and it makes me feel better. So I wonder if there's something like that, concentrating on the hobbies or activities right, that calm you things, down. Small, mm-hmm. cal- small calming things with Mercury. It's often small things, little things. But also, you know, with well, this double Mercury, it's also there's a real emphasis on the mind. And then with Jupiter, it is expansion. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of not just meditation, but the concept of mindfulness, of mm. being very aware of things as they arise and just noticing them and naming them for what they are. That's right. It's sort of like if you can enter into the thing and become the thing as it arises, it ceases to chafe. And it allows you a certain spaciousness because right. you for are example, no longer you're experiencing are... irritation for some exactly. reason. You could be just note it. I'm experiencing right. irritation right now. And notice it, name it. Use the power of the mind mm-hmm. to get that that distance from your from the from the problem. You become you're watching yourself have mm-hmm. this whatever experience it is. It could be noticing when you're happy, noticing when you're cold, noticing when you're hungry. But paying attention using the mind because when you do that, it's a really embodying. It sounds like a contradiction to use mm-hmm. your mind and go in your head and notice things, but it, what it actually does is ground and embody you. Absolutely. I've noticed that also with physical pain. You know, if there's something painful in my body, if I can go there and be the pain, you know, or be the the the, the part that's troubling me, there's a way of achieving relief from it by, you know, by acknowledging it, accepting it. And then letting yeah, it go. noting it and naming yeah. it. There's a mm-hmm. way to d- get a little bit of distance mm-hmm. from it in a yeah. way. Yeah, 
That's right. I think there's something to do with the thing that's the snag, <laughs> the snagged bobbin of the Eight of Swords, whatever it is that's the snag. Right. So when you face it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Notice it, name it, know how, notice how it's making you think, how it's making you feel, how it's making you think, what you, you know, and, and then realize with that little bit of perspective and distance that it's just a problem to solve usually, or a different mental attitude to take. And not something you have to struggle against, which is right. really great, I think, because it's it's not just advice for this client, but for all of us, really, in this moment, you know, it's a, it's a great thing to end on, the idea that we can stay centered in ourselves by embracing the Eight of Swords and making it our own. I remember once hearing a Buddhist monk give a talk about mindfulness and he was describing he had had to fly in to, you know, be where he was giving the talk. And, you know, he was just he was talking about how at the airport there was like a long line he had to stand into. And, you know, he just said something like I'm, and he said like the um, the people were getting very angry and really taking it out on the the person at mm-hmm. the counter and he was just like well i'm just standing there's no you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah when you yeah. when you take it away from all the context he's like i could be standing here i could be standing somewhere else i'm just standing there's nothing you know inherently bad in the fact that i have to stand here <laughs> right know? when i see this card i think of the question we've probably talked about in the past the solve for for dealing with worry with frustration with anxiety is to ask yourself, is there something I can do about it? And if the answer is yes, then you do it. And if there's nothing you can do about it, then why worry about it? So, you know, this card asks that question and allows you to sort of parse those distinctions and feel better about it. Okay, great. So this was was so much fun. Yeah, I just (laughs) love doing these. (laughs) All right. So um, thank you, everyone, for sending in your questions. We really enjoyed both hearing from you and doing these readings for you. We hope that the answers are helpful and constructive in your lives. The questions and the cards we drew, as we said, can be found on our website, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. And uh, yeah, we haven't figured out what we're doing next or when we'll be back or anything. (laughs) To be announced. We will be. To be announced. To be announced. Thanks very much. And we will see you later. And that's our show for today. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse, where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. If you appreciate what Mel and I have done here at Fortune's Wheelhouse, please consider leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. And if you'd like to support the making of this podcast and gain access to all the member perks that come with that, please consider becoming a patron at any level you like by visiting www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. You can also explore Fortune's Wheelhouse gear, like t-shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, and more, by checking out our Redbubble shop. That's at www.redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse93 slash shop. Mel's beautiful books, decks, and prints can be found at tarotcart.com. 
And my book, Tarot Cases, Astrological Perfumes, and Online Tarot Class, can be found at tsusanchang.com. Treat yourself to the tarot gift you've always wanted, because you are a hero of the astral plane, and we so appreciate your support.